You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. To connect with us or learn more, visit us online at ridgecrestbaptist.org. It is so good to be here today and to celebrate the main mission, the main reason why Jesus came. Yes, Jesus came to uh, heal the blind, as we're going to learn today. He came to, to, to feed those who were hungry. But I'm here to tell you the main mission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is to redeem lost sheep. And we are here today to ask God to empower us in that mission. Because to do what God has called us to do, we need power far beyond what we have in our hearts. Strength far greater than we can know in this body of flesh. But we can have this power if we will trust in the Lord and the power of his might. This morning, what I would like for you to do, if you will, if you'll turn to Mark chapter 10, we'll be looking at verses 46 through 52. If you will, stand with me as we stand upon the solid rock of God's word. We're going to hear the story of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. And verse 46 says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. This is what I love. And followed him, followed Jesus on the way. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning help us to cry out for mercy as Bartimaeus did. Lord, I pray that if someone tells us to be quiet, we'll just keep crying out, Lord, until you come into this place. For too long, Lord, we've allowed the crowd, we've allowed the voices of our culture to keep us from having that strong voice that the world needs to hear. And today on Mission Sunday, Lord, we want to get right in line with you. We want to be a part of the main mission. We want to see the lost sheep in this world redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Help us, God, to be energized today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The verse directly preceding our verse for today is this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. God's word tells us that Jesus came to save the lost. And I'm here to tell you as I'm surrounded by these flags of the nations as we look at these pictures of God's beautiful people all around the world, Jesus is mighty to save all people in every condition, in every corner of the world, no exceptions. We are serious about 
seeing people come to know Jesus. We want all people, every ethnos, every people group in all the world to know the joy of following Jesus. Let's go back into this moment here in the Bible, this beautiful moment where one man is touched by Jesus. And this one man's experience with Jesus, I think, provides for us some wonderful handles, something to hold on to, something to to really understand about what Jesus can do for us and what we must do when Jesus comes our way. The old city of Jericho, we know it from the days of Joshua. The walls came tumbling down. The old city was abandoned. And about a mile north of that city, a new city built up over time. It is in this city that Jesus and his disciples were going. Herod the Great had put together a big resort palace there. And so it was a place where the wealthy, where the rich, where the privileged would often go for their retreats. And you can imagine if there were rich people on the road, then beggars would know that. Those who needed help, those who were hurting, would get alongside the road and begin to beg and to ask for mercy, hoping that somebody would throw them a few coins. This is why Bartimaeus was there on that day as Jesus and a crowd of people walked by him. He was there trying to get a handout. He was there trying to get anything from anybody, any mercy at all. As we see in this story, there's something interesting going on here. One, it's interesting to note that this is the very last healing in Mark's gospel. From chapter one until now, we've been weaving in and out of these stories of Jesus performing great miracles and touching people's lives. This is the last one that we have in Mark's gospel. From here on in, we're aiming straight for the cross. Another thing that's interesting here is that Bartimaeus, this is a rare exception to the rule where many times the people that Jesus healed, we do not know their names, but here we do know his name. We know that he was Bar, son, Timaeus, son of Timaeus. Now, why does the scripture give us this data? Why do we have a name here when we would not have it anywhere else? I think the answer to the question is this. Mark is smart in how he's writing. He's writing a narrative that's very tight. He's not wasting space. He's not going to put a detail in unless it's very important. I believe that the early readers of this gospel would have known Timaeus. They would have known this story. We've lost it to time. But I believe that Timaeus was probably a well-known and wealthy person. And Bartimaeus, his son was an individual because of blindness, because of circumstances in life, had, had, shall we say, a fall from grace. This man was somebody that people would have known his story and realized how profound it was that Jesus had touched him. I'm here to tell you, even though we don't always have the names in Scripture, I promise you, Jesus knows your name. And he knows the names of people all around the world with names that the English tongue struggles to pronounce, let me tell you. Every single one of them he knows by name. He knows their circumstances and he is mighty to save. Bartimaeus was a blind man. About Some say that maybe half of the population of the ancient Near East struggled with eye problems because of the, the dirt and the grime and the unsanitary conditions. Blindness was a, a common problem. But I'll tell you a problem that's even more common, and that is sin, lostness, darkness, separation from the God we love. 
And that is Bartimaeus' main concern. And Jesus' main concern was not to just heal him of his blindness, but to help him have his eyes open, the eyes of his heart, so that he could know Jesus. This morning, I know that many of you are Christ followers, but I want you to, to, to realize as we go through this, this is a wonderful passage that helps you see the key questions that you need to present to people that you're sharing the gospel with. This is an excellent little story. It's very small, it's compact, and it really guides us as we try to share the gospel. But if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, then I want you to listen to these questions and, and come up with honest answers in your heart because Jesus, his main mission today is to see you follow him. The main mission today, if you're here and you aren't a Christ follower, is for you to do as Bartimaeus did and follow Jesus. And for the rest of us, listen to me, as we think about Missions Week, we want to be better in sharing the gospel, and this passage will help us do it. It will show us uh, a clear, clear understanding of the work of salvation in the human heart and the proper actions of the soul when under conviction. Right questions, right responses, very helpful. So let's begin with what conviction looks like. Questions of the heart, verses 47 and 48. If you're blind, you know your need is to see. But if you are a sinner, it's sometimes really hard to see how great your need is. Today, people complain about their money problems, their health problems, and their relationship problems. But I'm here to tell you that at the root of every problem is a sin problem. And too many of us don't understand this. Bartimaeus' story at first blush looks like it is a health problem kind of story. But if you'll look in the text with me in verses 47 and following, you will see the word mercy. Pops up twice. The word mercy. Now, of course, we can think of mercy in terms of healthcare because we have a mercy healthcare system even in Springfield. But mercy is not so much a healthcare word here as it is a spiritual word. It's a reminder that our hearts have a problem because of sin. And as I shared a moment ago, I think Bartimaeus was probably a person who had grown up in privilege. He had had a lot of things going well in his life, but something had caused him to fall away from those blessings. Not just his blindness, but his sin. And that's where we need to begin for just a moment this morning is think about our fallen condition. Bartimaeus' story illustrates our fallen condition. And what I mean by that is this. We were created by God to be something more than what we've become. And the reason why we're something less than what we've become is because we've allowed sin to infiltrate our hearts. When we think about this today, when we look at this story, again, you see a blind man, but Jesus saw a lost soul. And I'm praying that God will open our eyes in the same way. Because many times I fear that what we're doing is we're looking at people's physical needs and we're forgetting that, yes, the church is called to meet those physical needs. But even more so, the church is called to share the gospel and see people turn from their sins. The first question is this. Do you realize your need for Jesus's mercy? We can talk about lostness. We can talk about sin. 
But the truth is, until we accept the reality that our hearts have sin that can only be taken away by Jesus, we are not going to be able to follow Jesus. There's an old statement, if you've never been lost, you can never be saved. If you don't understand sin, if you're not in that place where you understand how your sin is separating you from God, that's a problem. I sense that when blind Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus for mercy, I think there's more here than a cry out for mercy from blindness. I think that Jesus can see into his heart and can see that Bartimaeus is crying out for help for his heart, salvation for his soul. See, Bartimaeus needs more than a physical touch. And let me tell you, you need more than a physical touch this morning as well. If you came in here today with a physical brokenness, with a financial brokenness, with an emotional brokenness, those things are serious and God loves you and Christ's church can help you navigate through those things. But ultimately, what God's word wants to help you see is, is that your need is for Jesus to save you from your sins. You need mercy from a holy God. You need more than a physical touch. You need the touch of the Holy Spirit in your heart. You need it desperately. But when you realize that, and you cry out to Jesus, there will be those who tell you to be quiet. There will be those that tell you that there are solutions in this world that are just as good as any of the solutions that they're gonna tell you at that church. Notice in the passage that people are rebuking this poor blind man. He starts asking spiritual questions and he gets rebuked. Mark tells us that many people told him there in verse 48 to be silent. This brings us to our second question. The first question is, do you realize your need for Jesus's mercy? The second question is, will you call out to Jesus no matter what? Will you call out to Jesus no matter what? Bartimaeus, here it says that he cried out. In the original language, this is the same word used for scream. Cried out sounds a little bit more um, softened, but screamed sounds different. There have been a few times in my life when I have been with people who in the moment that we were talking, the Holy Spirit revealed to them how desperate their soul was for, for Jesus, how desperately they needed the salvation of Jesus. And there have been times when I've heard people wail and scream out because they realized how far they were removed from God. It seems like today that sin is really just a minor inconvenience and we treat it as such. And that's why we're not crying out to God. That's why that people aren't in the altars and, 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 and crying over their sins. It's because our culture has convinced us that our sins are not that bad. They're like a little oops. Bartimaeus doesn't cry out because of an oops. He cries out because his soul is in danger of hell fire. And he knows it. And there is a lack of desperation in the church today in America because we have so many physical comforts, unlike Bartimaeus, we have so many physical comforts that we don't really have a category for the pain of our souls. And it usually takes a traumatic event for us to realize how desperate the situation is. But let me say this, I, I'm not praying for things to get desperate in your life, but I am praying that God's spirit will convict you of your sins, 
that you will know that you know what you need most. If you have not received Christ as your Savior, I'm going to ask you, before you leave this room, to cry out, to scream unto God, please save me. Will we cry out to Jesus no matter what? Oh, friends, the people closest to the situation, the Bible says, continually told him to be quiet. It wasn't just one, be quiet. It wasn't just one, shh. It was a continual. There is always going to be, there will always be voices telling you that you don't need Jesus. But right now, I'm telling you, you do. The crowd says, hold your peace to Bartimaeus. But you can't hold this in if you know that you need Jesus. Also notice in the text, in verses 47 and 48, twice Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus, the son of David. This is a man who lacks sight, but he certainly doesn't lack insight. He knows that Jesus is the Messiah. He uses messianic language here. So again, God's spirit is at work in him. If you cry out to Jesus, if you do so, it's not just because you figured it out. It's because God is working in your heart. He's putting the things together that you need to understand, that you need to know to follow Jesus. And in this moment, as Bartimaeus says these words, he cries out to the son of David. He realizes that he needs Jesus to be his king. And that's our third question. Are you willing to make Jesus your king? Jesus doesn't want to be second place in your heart. No, you don't need to buy the bumper sticker that says Jesus is your co-pilot. He better be your pilot. He does not suffer another. He will not allow for you to put him in a secondary place. Jesus must be your king. You need mercy. You need grace because you are a sinner. You must cry out to Jesus for salvation and then you must say with your heart, Jesus, you are my king. Amen. We have to cry that out. Not just one time, but, but any time our hearts get down. But some of you need to cry that out for the first time. So what does it look like to make a commitment to Jesus so that we can go to heaven? What does that look like? And we see that in verses 49 through 52. Salvation is a work of the heart. So notice this. Salvation is truly something that happens inside of you. But I believe there are physical manifestations. There are, are ways in which we can tell that a person is making that commitment. Those who are saved by the king will live for their Lord. There is an immediate acknowledgement of, of God's lordship. And we begin to ask questions like, okay, I've been doing this and I've been living this way, but Lord, I sense that you're telling me that this is not the way you want me to go anymore. You see, that's what, what commitment looks like. We begin to change our behavior. We begin to transform or be transformed by God's grace. So as we think about this, it's, it's really amazing. Here in this passage, we begin to see that, 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 that Bartimaeus his heart begins to change even there in verse 49. It, it's a, a question of take heart. The people that, that, tell, that have been telling Bartimaeus not to come now say, take heart, come to Jesus. That's a good word for us. 
We don't need to wallow in self-pity. Listen, if you're here this morning and you know that you're separated from Jesus, take heart. He has come here today to tell you there is a solution. There is a way forward for you. You see, the sadness of sin melts away in the glorious light of Christ. Church, I want you to hear this. One of the most amazing privileges I have is to sit down with somebody who doesn't think that they're good enough, that thinks that maybe their sin journey has taken them too far away. There is nothing more joyous than for me to be able to say to somebody, take heart, your sins can be forgiven like anybody else's. We talk about taking the gospel to the whole world. Listen, the whole world is filled with sinners, but every single sinner in this world can take heart because Jesus is able to and mighty to save. That's the beauty of what we're doing here today. We are celebrating the worldwide mission because we believe that Jesus can save all who call on his name. Now, I want you to see this. Remember a moment ago, one of the questions was, do you realize your need for Jesus' mercy? Well, when those individuals in the text there say in verse 49, take heart, notice the very next two words, get up. When you realize your need for Jesus' mercy, you need to get up and go to Jesus. There is no other place to go than to go to the one who died for your sins on the cross. The language of verse 50 is very powerful. It says, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. I mean, it's not a picture of someone getting up slowly. It's someone who jumps at the opportunity. When God begins to work, you will know that he is working in your heart. Also notice here in verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. So the second question I asked you a moment ago was this, will you call out to Jesus no matter what? Bartimaeus does that and he asks boldly to be healed. He asks Jesus boldly. Friends, we today need to realize that our sins are great, but if we will boldly ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. And he is just in doing so because he paid the penalty for our sins on his cross. That's the gospel. Notice here that that there's respect in verse 51. Bartimaeus calls Jesus rabbi. It's a term of respect, like doctor would be today. It's, it's a term that shows that, that he wants Jesus to be more than just a friend, but his Lord and master. And so, notice this. Jesus says, go your way. But I love this, verse 52. Go your way, your faith has made you whole. But this man who's been saved by Jesus doesn't want to go in his own way anymore. He wants to follow Jesus on the way. This morning as I was doing my personal Bible study, I was reminded that when Paul was, was, was in front of tribunals, when he was being questioned in those early days, he talked about Christianity. He didn't use the word Christianity. He used the phrase, the way. 
The early church talked about following Jesus as, as being a part of the way or followers of the way. Bartimaeus is telling us that he's a Christian by saying, I'm going to go your way. And the question for us is, are we following the way? Jesus' way. Are you willing to make Jesus your king was our third question. Well, if you are, then follow him. Follow him. It's that easy. It's a matter of faith. But it's sin that's causing the chaos. It's kind of like when you're trying to, to listen to an important conversation and there's a lot of uh, room, uh, noise in the room, a lot of static. I think I've preached on that before, talking about static. Let me tell you, I think that often the static is, is coming because of, of things that are honestly important. Again, physical concerns, financial concerns, emotional concerns. But the devil, if he, can, if he can have you chasing solutions in every other way but in Jesus, then you're not going to find what you need. He's going to keep you from salvation. And I'm going to ask you this morning, are you willing to cry out to Jesus? Are you willing to admit that sin is the problem and that Jesus is the solution? He is the solution. I love the song Amazing Grace. It's a song that, that I sing in those dark nights of the soul that I have. It is a sweet sound. And it did save a wretch like me. But I love that line. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You know, these are the words, perhaps, of Bartimaeus. These are words of his testimony. But I'm here to tell you, even though maybe your eyesight is 20-20 this morning, if you need Christ, will you cry out for mercy? Will you stop making excuses? And will you come to know him? And if you do know him, take a passage like this. Read it with a friend who's searching, who's looking for God, and help them see the power and love of Jesus. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, to learn more about us or get connected, visit RidgecrestBaptist.org.